Next on BYU Sports Nation, the depths of prepare. The rivalry game depth chart is out. Any surprises from BYU football? Will the Utah game define this season or not? Plus, is Kalani Satake's legacy firmly founded in rivalry wins and losses? How will Thursday's game impact that legacy? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, August 27th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Captain of the Purge, Red Edition, Jerem Jordan. It is time to purge the set of anything red. Okay, let's do it right now. Let's go. Jerem Jordan is now making his way around Studio B to find anything that even has a hint of red in it. Okay, a magnet goes down, even though it was a heart. I think it was an I Love New York magnet. Okay, Spuddy Buddies got red on. Both Spuddy Buddies, the large and small editions, are being purged off of the set. Jerem, do you see anything else? Does that Jimmer Fredette jersey have any red in it, or is it orange? Deli Gnome. Gnome has St. Mary's letters in red, so that's gone. The Jimmer jersey's going down from the Shanghai Sharks because Sharks is written in red. Okay. Uh, oh, the boys from BYU. They, they're wearing red ties. There are bigger issues in that picture. Why are they wearing red ties? Ken Roberts, Greg Kite. You're the boys from BYU. Why do you have red ties on? Hey, if anybody else sees anything else, no red. let Sorry. us know. Sorry. It's, I, I think we're good for now. It's game week. We're two days out. I, I saw, you know, you know what? I think we ought to look into our control room, just make sure we're good. Let's go to our control room. Okay. Is anyone wearing red? Are, you, are we serious? Our line producer is wearing red? What? Ethan! Ethan. You're, sorry, you're gone. Security. Yes, thank you. I, Security, please escort him. Is it a Studio C yeah, shirt? Why is Studio C producing a red shirt and hat? Also, it's way too big for him. Um, yeah, get, <laughs> let's get him out of here. Please escort. He's being escorted down the hall um, and asked to leave. Yes, that's right. Go change your shirt. Purge the red, people. Change your shirt and you come, come back. You know, Austin Lee did it. Austin Lee changed jersey colors. Purge the red. Yeah, I feel much better. I feel like we're ready to rock. Like let's clean. go. Let's clean. go. We cleaned up in here. Yeah, we did. Okay. Jerem Jordan, captain of the Purge, red edition. Well done, my friend. <laughs> I've never seen those. <laughs> Here is today's show lineup. We promise no red. Brian Logan will join us. He played for the last BYU team that beat Utah. In a way, he purged red of sorts. And we play more or less 2009 edition, going back to the BYU-Utah game a decade ago. And I go one-on-one with Matt Bushman. Why does he feel like he was so much better this fall camp compared to others. With that said, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU released its depth chart yesterday. Graduate transfer Tyson Williams named the number one running back over Lopini Katoa. Here's Kalani Satake on why that decision happened. Um, I think overall he, he performed the best and in the competition, and we felt like um, Soup and Lopini were right there with him. We felt like he earned he earned that spot the right way in, in the competition. Tyson Williams, running back, number one. The running back, you know. 
Uh, Lopini Cato and Emmanuel Supa will certainly have a, a place there, though. Some other personnel notes from Kalani Sataki and defensive coordinator Elias Tuyaki. Ronai Laulu Pututa will be game ready at tight end. However, defensive backs Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner will be missing the first few games due to injury. Junior midfielder for BYU women's soccer, Michaela Coulihan, receives the first West Coast Conference Player of the Week award. In 2019, Coulihan scored both game winners in the Cougars' matches wins against Alabama and Mississippi State, both in SEC country. She leads the team with those two goals on 12 shots and 175 minutes played. And in AAA, Jacob Bregman hit a two-run homer for the Tacoma Rainiers in a 9-3 loss to the Fresno Grizzlies. What else is new? Jacob Bregman is hitting home runs for the AAA version of the Seattle Mariners. When's he getting the call up, Jerem? I don't know. Talk to your guys, huh? Aaron Goldsmith, does he have any sway in that? No. (laughs) All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Game week depth chart is out for all to see and perhaps question. BYU's coaches have their say on who the ones and twos and in some instances threes and fours are as long as as far as they want to let us know. Jerem, looking at the first edition of this season's depth chart, what's the biggest surprise? The BYU listed four linebackers. That means they're going to play some 3-4. And Elias Tuyaki alluded and said as much on Coordinator's Corner yesterday. The fact that BYU has had a 4-3 uh, for several years now and that they would list four linebackers, it means we don't know who the middle linebacker is and perhaps that there will be two inside linebackers. And those four guys are Kavik Fonua, Peyton Wilgar, Jackson Kafusi, and Keenan Peely. We don't know who the two in the middle are. Um, Elias Tuiaki mentioned yesterday, by the way, that BYU needs to get pressure with three. Three on five, by the way. Three on five. And perhaps they would drop eight and make Tyler Huntley beat BYU with his arm. Whoa. Okay. I'm, Is that I, too much of the game plan no, out loud? No, I, I agree <laughs> with you. It's, it's the linebacker situation just because we expected that BYU would run a 4-3. Like that's what they've been doing. I expected to know who the starting middle linebacker would be. We know less than we knew yesterday, Yes, right? it is a surprising situation <laughs> because now BYU is going to, at times, run a 3-4 three, three, front. For the they're going to yeah. mix it up. So we'll see what BYU does when they take the field against Utah in terms of the first defensive formation they put out there, but it could be a 3-4 instead of the usual 4-3 we are used to. Now, some things that are not that surprising that some people were very, very uh, – co- they commented a lot about it on social media. One, Tyson Williams is the starting running back. I don't know that that's all that surprising. Yeah, not surprising, no. And Jake Oldroyd is the starting field goal kicker and the starting punter. Now we, We've it, known this for a while, but we were waiting to, for the depth chart to come out to really talk about it. He, yeah. he won this. Yet, Jake Oldroyd proved that you need two guys in the first game. So Skyler Southam better be ready if he's needed. Danny well, Jones Skyler better be ready. going to be the kickoff guy. Yeah, yes. but I mean at, with field goals. Be ready just in case. Yeah. Some interesting notes in the secondary. We knew that Austin Lee was going to be the guy. Sawyer Powell has now been identified as the other starting safety. Or Hayden Livingston. Or Hayden it's not, Livingston. It's not a, just Sawyer, yeah. Then there are the discussions about, okay, who's playing on the opposite side at cornerback from Diane Gawoloku? Right D'Angelo now Mandel. it's D'Angelo Mandel, followed yeah. by Isaiah Heron. Uh, Diane Gawoloku also listed as the second punt returner and kick returner. I think that's really interesting Along with Aleva Hifo on kickoff Aleva Hifo's the one. Diane's the two, right? So in a kickoff, both will be on the field. And then uh, youth, interesting. Nine of the 23 listed starters on offense and defense 
are seniors. So BYU will return a lot of dudes on next year's team. Obviously, you're all in on Tyson Williams. You're all in on the receivers quite a bit with, with a senior-heavy group. And then in the secondary, you have uh, Gonwoloku and Lee, a couple of defensive linemen, right? Uh, this, is, this is a group that BYU will bring back uh, in, a, in a large way next year. Topic two, there are 12 games scheduled for the 2019 BYU football regular season. The first one, this just in, is Utah. What? Spencer, will game one against Utah define the season? No! Come on. I know it is a huge game. We've spent all summer long talking about it. We've spent the last nine months talking about this game. It is a massive game. We think it's the most important game, the most impactful game, the most influential game, but it doesn't define an entire season. I'm going to ask those of you that love the Marvel Universe the following question. Is Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, are those the only movies that matter in the Marvel Universe? No! Okay, they might have the biggest impact because Thanos is there and he's the number one enemy, right? Is he there? Okay. Stop it. It's been too long. Come I know. I you don't know. know, you're out of the loop. Okay. My point and is... Spider-Man's not in either! My point is there are other great movies within the Marvel Universe. What if they had lost every single movie for eight straight movies? <laughs> then <laughs> what would the ninth movie be to you? Thanos had his way for a long time, Jerem. Well, one movie, right? Thanos had his way for a long time. Not just the worlds that we're shown in the movies, but several worlds that he dominated. Yeah, not really. Okay. No. Oh, stop it. Okay, I... I'm, tr- I'm sorry, Mr. Technicality. It's not applying they to they won. the Marvel Universe. Exactly. Winning. The point is, there are other movies that matter in the realm besides just Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame. And Utah is the Endgame for a lot of people. They are Thanos. Are they not? They're Thanos. But things continue on. Like, there's going to be another stage of Marvel movies. No, and with Spider-Man. BYU's going to have Tennessee and USC and Washington. There are nine days in between the Utah and Tennessee game. I'm glad for that. There, there's an extra two days to kind of move on, regardless of what happens, whether win or lose emotionally. It's not just about one game. As urgent, as important as this game is against Utah, no, the season's always been bigger than one game. Unfortunately, the answer is yes. The streak, blowing the lead last year, it all matters. <laughs> I wish it didn't, but it does. If BYU beats Utah, it won't really matter what else BYU does, good or bad. That's, what? That's just how it is. I'm not saying that's right, but that's how the fans feel. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel? I don't want it to define the season. I think that's an old Utah State mentality. Just beat your rival, and then if you lose all the other games, shows a good year. Exactly. No, that's not how it should be. That's not how it should be. Um, if BYU loses a close game but wins the next three and is 3-1 and one and ranked 18th, BYU fans will say, ah, but we should have beaten Utah. That's what's going to happen. What if, if Utah's if undefeated and ranked Pe- number seven? People are so desperate right now, right? I'd rather win 10 games against a few good teams, right, and finish ranked and relevant than any single win all year, right? That's, I would rather have a, a purposeful season. I totally understand that it's number one for people. If BYU was 4-4 four and four in the last eight games with Utah, we wouldn't feel this desperation. My pent-up theory applies perfectly to this. If BYU had beaten Utah at least once, if not twice or four times or whatever over the last eight, and had at least one season where they finished ranked you know, since 2011, we wouldn't feel as desperate. But guess what? It's been a minute. We're thirsty. We're hungry. We want the game. So unfortunately, the answer is yes. Oh my goodness. It defines the season. I wish it didn't. Not for you. 
but for the majority of fans. Is this what you're saying? I, I, I don't want it to. I don't want it to define the season, but it, it will. But you individually, are you leaning that direction? Yes, because of the oh. pent-up theory. Yeah, <laughs> the pent-up theory. One game. Yeah, uh, Ed Lamb is aware that there's more than one game on the schedule. Yes. I hope that we can pour out every bit of energy that we have on the field and then uh, you know, maybe, maybe take Thursday night to enjoy a victory is our hope and then on, on Friday morning get up and start preparing for Tennessee. Tennessee is the next... Uh, week. Also, Ed, you know that BYU is not going to think about Tennessee on Friday if they win. <laughs> It'll be about Utah Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then maybe Thursday we turn around to Tennessee. Maybe, That's the reality. Okay? Maybe I'm giving out too much credit, but if BYU has a winning record against rivals and the one loss is against Utah, but they beat Boise State and Utah State, I think that there are BYU fans out there mature enough to be like, this was a major step in the right direction for Kalani Satake in big rivalry games. Is this the year to go all in on Utah when they are supposedly the best team they've ever had? Every year is ever? the year to go all in on Utah. <laughs> on to topic it's three. It's because it opens the season, frankly. On to topic three. Kalani Satake is currently 1-8 and eight in rivalry games. The one win against the 5-7 Utah State team back in 2016. He's been painfully close to several rivalry wins, but we don't want to talk about almost. We want to talk about victories. Now, specifically in his three contests against Utah, one-point loss, went for two, didn't work out. Six-point loss in 2017, congratulations, Utah. That was the worst BYU football team in 50 years. Utah wasn't good that year either. Eight-point loss after leading by 20 in the third quarter last season. Jerem, does Kalani Satake have to win this game on Thursday to protect his legacy. I don't think it's that dramatic, but perhaps it is. It's hard to be 0-4 against Utah and then 1-9 if BYU doesn't win Thursday. Blind resume, that those are really bad numbers. Uh, seeing resume, those are bad, right? It depends what you want from the coach, too. There's more than wins and losses to a coach and what he does, but certainly that defines the tenure, right, the, uh, the record. If BYU were, were to win eight-plus games this season with a sophomore Zach Wilson, they're building to hopefully what could be a 10-plus win season. That would include beating rivals, no doubt, but... 0-1-3-1-8 currently, that's really rough. If BYU beats Utah on Thursday, does this erase everything that has happened in the past? Does this make fans think, oh, who cares about 1-8? BYU beat Utah when they were ranked 14th and they were picked to win the Pac-12. That's worth like 10 wins. Is, is that what it's come to? Yeah, the pent-up theory, yeah. See, and I we're just all, we're all pent up. We're all a little more anxious than we would be if BYU had split the last undoubtedly. Eight, right? Undoubtedly, yeah. there is pent up frustration. I just don't think that one win on Thursday can erase everything. I, I do, feel like however, the fan base feels differently. I do, however, look at the opportunity for BYU to have a winning record for the first time against rivals under Kalani Satake. If BYU beats Boise State, good win. Maybe a ranked team coming into Provo. If they win at Utah State, another good win. Always tough to win in Logan. Jordan Love is the Mountain West Conference Offensive Preseason Player of the Year. One of the best quarterbacks in the country. Like Those would be quality victories. So if BYU can do that, even while losing to Utah, I still think it's a major step in the right direction for establishing a legacy. That things have turned. Sure. Things have turned in favor of Kalani Satake. Right, but they hadn't turned in favor of BYU beating Utah. Um, because this season opens, this, uh, this is the season opener, 
fans have been all in on this game all offseason. In fact, this has been one of the most fun offseasons ever because we're excited about Zach Wilson and the offense in year two and the fact that Utah's first. This has never happened, right? Utah counts games that BYU doesn't before 1922. They say, like, in, 19, in 1896, they had two games, or they had a game where they opened the season. BYU doesn't count that one. So to BYU, this is the first time they've ever opened with Utah, and this feels like it means everything, and I wish it didn't. <laughs> I, I wish there were more to BYU football than wanting to beat Utah right now, but because it's game one, that's the entire focus, dude. Everything. I know. Within the fan base, yeah. I agree with you. Within yeah. the, the majority of the fan base, that is the I think case. With, I think with the team, too, which is good, but also bad for the See, next I week. I disagree with right? that. I don't think everybody on the team is thinking, if we don't beat Utah, no, no, no. the season's I'm over. Their focus is 100% on Utah. That's what I'm saying. Next game, yeah. right? <laughs> Right, but there's more than one game on the schedule. Like, it's naive to be like, you know what? We'll just play this game, and then we'll go 100. It's, it's hard, right? That's hard. Can we just play the game already? I mean, we're that much closer, right? Hit it! Countdown to the youths. Two days away. Two days, huh? Yeah. By the way, Thursday, two-hour show at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're going to be there. 56 hours, roughly, until this game kicks off. 56 hours. Hours. Mm. Our question of the day. Is the BYU-Utah rivalry game a season-defining game for BYU in week one? Time to hear from you. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Dallin Hickson on Twitter. Yes. BYU needs this for recruiting. We need this for the fans. BYU needs this for the overall culture of the program. It doesn't matter what week this game was to be played. It defines much more than BYU season. Ten years is long enough. Uh, yeah, amen to that. Coming up, let's rewind to 2009, see if BYU can recreate some of the magic from the last win against the youth. A man who was on the BYU team that last beat Utah, Brian Logan, joins us with Thursday's rivalry game, or will Thursday's rivalry game, define the season? He'll answer that next as BYU Sports Nation. He's got the suit for AFR, look at that. What's really nice for me to hear from listeners is, you always ask the question that I needed asked. I'm not yelling at the radio and saying, when are you going to ask this question? And I like to think that because I've done so much preparation, I've thought of the question before the listener has thought of the question. It's not the Julie Rose show. Listen to what I think and what I have to say. I'm a conduit for what the listener wants to know. It's my job to be watching out for and making sure that the listener comes away having learned something, that they're satisfied. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The season debut of BYU football with Kalani Satake has been pushed back an hour due to practice schedule changes. Tonight, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app. Coach Satake and Austin Lee will be in studio. Zach Wilson's mic'd up at practice. Jeff Grimes breaks down some film from last season. Reserve your seat on BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our friend on Twitter, at Makers Saddle, says that we need to remove this baseball, which has red stitching. This is a Dale Murphy autographed baseball. Didn't play at BYU. Jake Murphy, his son, played at Utah. So there is dual meaning there. Take it to the purge pile, Jerem. Take it to the purge pile. We can burn all of this stuff later. <laughs> oh, wait. No, we should keep it. 
The purge pile will exist during the week of rivalry football between BYU and Utah. Okay. Feel better? Hey, and again, good point. You see anything else? See anything. You let us know. We will add it to the purge pile. We will remove it. And that includes people. Let's go. Brian Logan purged uh, the Utes in 2009 and helped BYU to a monumental victory in a ranked matchup between BYU and Utah. The Cougars finished... Ranked number 12 that season after beating Utah and Oregon State, then in the Las Vegas Bowl. Brian, welcome back. How was it to be ranked and beat Utah? You forgot about Oklahoma. Well, okay. So we'll throw I'm that just, into I'm the just, season. I'm just opener. saying. You're going, I'm, you're, I'm sorry. That one I was giving us highlights. You, that's the number one highlight, I believe. Okay. The, the Oklahoma no, game. That was the number that's one the, highlight? Yep. Beating Oklahoma was better than beating Utah? Yeah, man. For, for me personally, at that time, I'm talking about at the time, it was because at at the moment I didn't really care about Utah. I didn't know about the rivalry like that, you know, like most people. Um, but to, to have my first D one game in the Cowboy Stadium, I mean, come on, man, number three team there. And I I just love all the text messages I got from five of my girlfriends. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw you on TV. Oh my gosh! Did you have two pass interferences in that game or it did. one? I okay. had two. Because getting ready for countdown to kickoff, one of our production assistants, because uh, I listed, let's show Brian's pass interference. And he said, well, he had two, so which one? I was like, <laughs> he had two? The goal line one. Please show the goal the line one. The goal line one. one's Be- the because one it wasn't, about, Because right? it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a PI. Yeah. And, if, if, and, that, and that extended the drive, yes. right? So which made it the number one. BYU goal line stand. Better than history. Better than 84 Hawaii that kept a national championship season going. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. (laughs) Boise State 2012. It was like like a seven play goal line stand. It was was crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it was crazy. And that was the season opener. Now we have Utah's season opener. This has been unique in that we haven't had this situation. This offseason has felt completely different. I feel like BYU's been dialed in at a level that previously we haven't seen. How do you feel? I, I agree with you 100%. And, and I think I'm I'm excited for that and grateful for that. Um, there's something about big games, man. And, and I think things have been a little bit different with Kalani versus Bronco. Uh, I'm not saying that it was necessarily a, a negative of Bronco, but, you know, when you approach every game, I like guess the same game, um, but, the, but, but there's an elephant in the room like, ah, it's not really, you know, let's not talk about this, you know, when we're in interviews talking to the media or – classmates or his family like no mom I can't talk it's just just another game I think that gets you a little bit tight and you don't play you don't play loose which means you're not playing to you know your your natural capabilities and I, I think sometimes that happens you, I mean, you see that with the coaching staff as well when BYU you know gets up by 14 20 points you know for whatever reasons um you know calls become a little bit more complacent uh i think players take the the foot off the pedal as well but if you switch it and have it the other the other way around the mindset as far as i'm gonna be a killer i'm gonna be a go-getter i'm going until literally there's no seconds on the clock right um so i think with this uh being the the opener you kind of you you had that opportunity to not feel timid and get in those situations you know when when the game starts Brian, I'm of the opinion that the season is bigger than one game. And I understand that Utah has beaten BYU eight times in a row. And last year, the sting has lingered so long and so strong because BYU was up 20 late in the third quarter, and then Utah comes back to win 35-27, making things even worse. But with all that backdrop, will the Utah game for BYU define the entire season? I think so, man. Wow! (laughs) 
we're so desperate right now, right? I, yeah, I right. think yeah, it's the it's the situation oh. as a whole, and you and from what Jerem just said, the the how many days, right? How many weeks? How many months have we been leading up to this very moment? And that's on that's that's been on our minds as fans, former players, analysts, the entire community, everything that revolves around BYU sports and BYU football is is this game right here, and and so. You know, if, if BYU loses this game and they go and let's say they, they win 10, right? Like we're all, we're That's all the magic shocked number. So, just whatever. We're, we're still going gonna to be like, well, you still lost to Utah, though. Yay, good job. You went to, but you lost to Utah, though. Right? It, that, right? That would be the rhetoric. That, exactly. When you haven't beaten Utah on Thursday for 3,561 days. That's an issue. That's that's. I, that's I, mean, I, I, yeah, we were talking about it. I wish it wasn't the case, Ugh. but I think we're all pent up with – the streak, not winning 10 games, not having a season that has really mattered. Then why honestly. play the games? Why play the other 11 games? Because you have to. The NCAA mandates it. Yes, that's yeah. true. You're telling me, like, oh, whatever, don't care? This is that one game. You're telling me you don't care depending on the result after that's, game one. No, that's silly. Of no, course, of man, course no, you care. No, Just I'm, when the season's over, what will be the first thing brought up? Did, we, did we beat Utah? Did BYU beat Utah? I think it should be what your record is. I think that's the course, first yeah. thing that oh, should be brought logic, up. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but yes. it, it is what it is. You you don't mess up and fail this long without extreme repercussions, and emotionally, yeah. that's where we're at. With two thousand nine, right? so two thousand nine, right? Or even two thousand ten, when we lost, and, and or two thousand nine when we won, it didn't really matter, right? I mean, what do you mean it didn't matter? It it it, it as far as or I'm sorry, it matters. Um, as far as it defining the season, though, right? It, I don't think it carried. I don't think it carried a lot of weight. As much as it is, it, it, it will because on Thursday. BYU had won exactly six and nine. You had split the previous four. Yep. I, no, the, no, BYU won an 06, 07, so and won two of the last three. They, yeah, so they won, won three of four. Three of four. Yeah. So therefore, the loss didn't. It stung, no doubt, but it didn't sting as much. Right. Twenty ten was defined by, oh wow, we dropped off from the ten win seasons. Yeah. We have a freshman quarterback. We're building, but and we that, ba- but we bounced back. And then twenty eleven, BYU had an easier schedule. Won 10 games, finished ranked in one poll, and it was like, okay, we're still that team for the last five years, 10 plus wins. And then 2012, we start the eight or nine win thing, right? Um, as BYU beefed up the schedule. Now, wait a second. In 2011, when BYU lost by 44 points to Utah, they finished the season ranked? <laughs> in 2011? Or is it 2012? Yeah, in that 2011. Was 2011, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're telling me mm-hmm. that BYU can lose to Utah by 44? And you, still, you got you, but you right. got you got to take you got to take it in his context, if, though, right? Yeah, like, think if, think if about you the entire that schedule, yeah. But and, well, and think you, about you ain't playing that schedule. No, my point is, there's other things to play for, like a ranking. It's look, look, look man, yeah, look, no, look, you can't, you can't, you cannot lose to your rival. I don't care what program you. I don't care if you're Southern Valley, Western Southern Mississippi State. You cannot lose. That's a lo- real school. <laughs> you can't. It is. It is. They <laughs> do have a Walmart. I checked. Look, you can't lose to your rival for that long. You just can't. You can't do that. And then when you throw in a team that that um, is more than good, above average, is a branded name, brand school, and you expect 10 wins, 11 wins, and then that starts to drop off with you not beating your rival, what else, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's what, a problem. Yes, what else is BYU hanging its hat on right now? There's, that's, that's not win 10 games. So, so, so the perception— Therefore, it's for, this game. So, so the perception of fans and, and, and even former players, analysts, etc., we, we, we see as, as the big picture as the program going this way. That's not necessarily the, the case when you look at 
you know, all different variables, the schedules, injuries. I mean, I can go on and on and on, right? But I'm saying at the very end of the at the very end of the season, after the bowl game, you don't you don't go, oh well, he was hurt that game or he was suspended. You look at the wins and the losses, and then you look at did you beat did you beat Utah? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. when you see that, yeah. when you see that over the the last five, six, seven years, continue to go down. From what you expected and what you've been used to for the past ten years previously, yeah, you get a little concerned. There was a there was a four five year run in six years where BYU won ten plus, and it was nice. BYU doesn't have that anymore, and they won't until they schedule differently. In my opinion, it's just tough, right? I'm sorry, Spencer. After further view tonight, seven Eastern. Yep. For Pacific, give us in 10 seconds a preview of what we can expect. Break down the key players for Brigham. Break down the uh, key players for, for Utah. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about our predictions. And Let me guess. The yep. BYU analyst will pick <laughs> BYU to win. Crazy. I'm going to pick Utah, actually. <laughs> oh, so you're... You just won't tell us the score, but you're telling us you're going to pick Utah. Like you no, I'm, I'm mess- no, I'm playing. I'm playing. No, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, yeah. That was the reverse karma, though. I did it for Zach. Hey, good job. Did it for that you, worked. Zach. Where, that where worked well. Is it? Zach, I did it for you. Yeah, right, right now we're on two. So <laughs> You don't need to apologize to me, Brian. I just think you're wrong. <laughs> well, that's, you know, a good thing that we live in America. I love yeah. you regardless, right? I love you more. Well, this is tolerance. <laughs> yeah, this we're is loving tolerance. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Coming up, Matt Bushman tells uh, Spencer why he's poised for a breakout year. And where can this year's BYU team match, or <gasps> even better, the 2009 version of the Cougars in the rivalry game? More or less is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Quarterback? Question mark. Breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan today on After Further Review, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app with a rebroadcast tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. You can see the uh, Studio C setup. They're getting ready. The Red Purge continues on BYU Sports Nation. You think I'm kidding. There are more materials that need to be moved from this set. We will do that right after we get to part two of today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football releasing depth chart number one yesterday. Graduate transfer Tyson Williams named the number one running back over Lopini Katoa. The running back, y'all. Kalani Satake said, look, in fall camp, he was just that much better. That's why he's number one. Some personnel notes. Kalani Satake and defensive coordinator Elias Tuiaki mentioned that uh, Moroni Lalapujita will be game ready. However, defensive backs Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner will be missing the first few games due to injury. BYU women's soccer junior midfielder Michaela Coulihan named the first West Coast Conference Player of the Week of the 2019 season. Coulihan has scored both game winners in the Cougars' opening two matches. Wins against Alabama and Mississippi State. She leads the team with those two goals on 12 shots, 175 minutes played. And in AAA, Jacob Bregman hit a two-run homer for the Tacoma Rainiers in a 9-3 loss to the Fresno Grizzlies. All right, Jeremy, do you want me to purge the rest of this stuff right now, or do you want to unplug and do this again? We're doing it now? <laughs> Let's do it. Oh. Let's get rid Let's get I feel sick. We we, we have... Uh, I feel other, sick. Oh, we've got some help conference now? hat. Okay. So... We, well, one of you, walk over here, please. That's what I'm asking. We need <laughs> some more items moved that, from the set. That okay? white hat. West, West Coast The West Coast Conference Championship hat has yeah. some red in it. The monkey? The weird monkey? See that? Uh, yeah. Well, that's probably close enough to red. Yeah. yeah. The di- you have to remove the... Uh, the yeah. Move it all. Remove it all. That towel as well. It's you know what? Take down the whole set. We'll just get a new one. We'll just get a new one. Grab the California Hollywood magnet as well. Wow. Okay. That's got red in it. I, mi- I missed a lot. Okay. 
Uh, Washington, Spokane has red in it. That's right. And Nashville, Tennessee, the guitar down there. Sorry, we love all these people in all these cities, but they're, but they're red in the state magnets. Okay. And then grab that last magnet with uh, red. That's one's from the uh, Winter Olympics in Korea. There you go. Okay. Add it to the purge pile. Add it to the purge pile. It's growing. <laughs> Do we have anything left on the set? Not important. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot left. Let's play more or less. More or less on BYU Sports Nation. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Is there more things on the set than there are in the purge pile? (laughs) Yes, by a lot. (laughs) Ben Bagley, join us, won't you, for more or less? Yes, we'll start here. It's a 2009 edition of More or Less because that was the last time BYU beat Utah. And, And by the way, if you don't remember what that was like, it went something about like this, Andrew George. Ooh. And 10 for BYU. Four-man rush. Throwing it over the middle. It's caught. Andrew George. Touchdown, BYU. Ooh. So these are all stats from that game, and we're going to ask whether more or less this year for BYU. We'll start with this. BYU will have more or less than 26 points on Thursday. I think more. BYU scored 27 and three quarters last year. Uh, I think BYU goes for 28-plus in this game. New look offense. I think Tyson Williams makes a uh, uh, better rushing attack for BYU. I think Zach Wilson's even better. I go more. This is a great number, uh, and I really struggled with this one because, one, opening games are typically kind of weird and low scoring, and Utah's defense is supposedly the best that they've ever had along the defensive line. That said, it's in Provo. I think the juice is high. The hype is high. I'm going to go just over that. BYU will have more than 26 points on Thursday. All right. right. Second one. BYU will have more or less than 177 yards rushing on Thursday. I go less, just a little bit less. I think BYU will pass more than they did last year. BYU threw for 204. I think they'll go for 250-plus in this one. Um, last season, BYU rushed for 153, 73 of which came from Zach Wilson. That's a good number. When BYU goes 150-plus and they can get you know 250 in the air, that's a good combo. Yeah, it's going to be less than 177. I think BYU is going to utilize the running backs in the pass game quite a bit against this uh, at times, overwhelming Utah defense. So I think Zach Wilson's going to throw a lot of passes. They might be short. They might be slants. Uh, I, I think that it'll be less than 177 yards rushing. Number three. BYU have more or less than two passing TDs. More. I think BYU throws a lot. I, I hope that BYU's not playing from behind and have to throw in that way. But I go more. I think uh, Zach Wilson gets exactly three touchdown passes Thursday. <sighs> If BYU is going to win this game, they probably have to have more than two passing touchdowns. So out of sheer hope, I'm going more than two passing touchdowns against Utah. Next. BYU will have more or less than 268 yards of total offense. Now that's low, but that's 265 is what BYU had in 2009 and won, which is pretty wild considering who was playing in that game, right? BYU had its trio of Hall, Pitta, and Unga. Um, That Utah team was ranked 22nd. BYU was... 18. That was a good matchup, it was right? super cold. Yeah. Last season, BYU had 296 yards total offense. I say more. Yes, more. If BYU doesn't have more than 265 yards of total offense, there is zero chance they are winning this game against Utah. Unless they have multiple defensive touchdowns, which has been a thing that Utah's been able to do. Utah hasn't always just had all this offense, right? They've been able to have short fields, and then they score. 
Since 2011, BYU's had, uh, Utah's had seven defensive touchdowns against BYU. Seven. When the margin is the tightest of any rivalry or matchup in college football the last 20, 25 years, and you score seven defensive touchdowns in that span. That is the difference. Number five. Last one. BYU will have more or less than two sacks in the game. More. Um, well, no. Exa- no, exactly two. Sorry. Exactly two. If BYU only rushes three at times, they're not going to get in the backfield as much. And Elisa Tuiaki told us as much in coordinator's corner. Exactly. Yeah, if BYU is rushing three, then the chances of having more than two sacks against Tyler Huntley, who is a mobile quarterback who can fall forward and still gain a yard even when the defense gets to him, it's just going to be hard to have more than two sacks. So I say less. Utah's offense and BYU's defense is not set up to produce a ton of sacks against this Utah offense. All right, on to, uh, and speaking of this, Jerem, speaking of sacks, it's, it hasn't been good for BYU under Kalani Sitake against Utah, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In the Kalani Sitake era, BYU averages one sack a game against Utah. No, 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 it's, it's one sack, oh, right? Oh, no, no, there's one total sack. It's won the last three games. Yes. Yeah. Stats are for losers. Are they? Uh, 18 for 18. It's not, yeah. And that one sack was, who was it, Corp? Was it, I can't even remember who it was. I don't know. It's not enough. That's all I know. Oh. Coming up, what uh, some BYU fans do to a former Utah basketball player's yard on rivalry. Week. And I go one-on-one with BYU tight end Matt Bushman. Jeff Grimes called him the fall camp offensive MVP. Has he embraced the role of underdog fully in week one against Utah? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Thursday for a special two-hour edition of Countdown to Kickoff at Lavelle Edwards Stadium with Dave, Blaine, Spencer, David, Brian, and Lauren to get you ready for BYU in Utah, a special two-hour and 15-minute edition starting at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We purged the set. Feeling good. Um, hopefully Ethan's doing okay after we kicked him out. So Yeah, one of our producers. So, okay, look, he's in a – there we go. He's in blue. <laughs> he's feeling better. That's good. That's good. Now, wait a minute. Does that Atlanta Braves hat have any red on it? Can you turn? Can you t- no? no right, oh, no okay, okay. Normally there's like He's a little sure. piece of red. Okay, we're good. Recently, as in yesterday, I went one-on-one with BYU tight end Matt Bushman. Has he fully embraced the underdog role, and why does he feel like this is uh, perhaps the beginning of his best season ever? Here's BYU Sports Nation All Access with Matt Bushman. Matt, I don't know if you heard, but Jeff Grimes, your offensive coordinator, today on Coordinator's Corner with Greg Rubel, Named you his offensive fall camp MVP. So it's not the BYU Sports Nation guys doing it now. Though we feel that way. Jeff Grimes is now. So how do you feel about being the fall camp offensive MVP? Um, I mean, I appreciate it. He, he sent me a text over the weekend just saying that he was going to nominate me. So it's not a, not a surprise. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm grateful that I got that recognition. And, I mean, there's a ton of guys on offense that are doing really, really good things right now. And, I mean... He probably could have given it to to quite a few people, but I'm grateful that yeah that he's that he saw that I was working hard this camp and um, trying to help our offense succeed. Why do you feel like you had such a successful fall camp? Um. Well, first, I just think my 
my body feels really good. I felt really explosive out there. Um, and I think just the scheme that the coaches have where they're putting players in positions to, to, make, to make plays and uh, play to their strengths, that was, that was one big thing. So, yeah, I mean, when, whether I'm split out or doing different types of blocks uh, with my hand in the ground, um, it just it was an opportunity to help me kind of get out there and make plays and, and also help everyone else on the offensive side of the ball make plays too. So it's cool. I'm excited to see what, uh, what this offense has in store and just the scheme and adjustments that they're making are, are really cool. You just said that a number of guys could have been tabbed as the offensive MVP during fall camp. Who were some of those guys that you watched and were like, whoa, this, uh, this guy's on another level? Yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone was a little bit worried and skeptical if Zach was going to be able to be able to perform at a high level after his surgery. Um, and I mean, since day one, he was, he was throwing really well. So that, that kind of even surprised me a little bit. I was like, are they going to sit him a little bit, like let him sit out of a couple of practices? But no, he, uh, he was full throttle, just making plays. He was super accurate. I think he's more accurate than he was last year. So it's, uh, it's reassuring, and it's, it's awesome to see him out there. Um, I think the running backs, just having that competition of who's going to be starting, I mean, that just raised the level of play for, for Tyson and, and Zach Katoa. They're both, they're both playing really, really well, and their work, work ethic is it's hard to match. They're always getting extra lifts, doing extra things. So that's really cool. Uh, Talon Shumway, he's a guy that stepped up a ton. Um, he's gaining a lot of trust from the quarterbacks. He's making plays. He's one of our deep threats right now. And yeah, so I mean, the O line just has a core. They're doing great things. So it's just, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what our offense can do, and just the guys that are going to step up. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna be a fun offense to watch. Let's stay with Tyson Williams, who was tabbed the starter according to the depth chart that was released today. For those that haven't seen him run and practice consistently at a high level, what's it, what is it like to watch him play and eventually be your starting running back? Yeah, I mean, you just look at him, you're like, okay, this is a specimen right there. He's, he's got the body to be a great running back, and, I mean, he's, he's learned the offense really really quickly. He's, he's bought in, but you see him, he's, he's a powerful guy, but he can also just be super shifty and, and break tackles. So that's, that's something that a lot of guys don't necessarily have. You ha- kind of have one or the other. You're either a power guy, you're a, a speed quickster type guy, and he just has both. So... Um, he knows when to when to switch it up and when he needs to run over a guy or um, lower his shoulder, but he also knows when he needs to juke guys out. And he's uh, yeah, he's just explosive. It's it's fun to watch. You're the clear number one at tight end, and there's been some question about who else there is now because Moroni Laputitao was out for a portion of camp while he took care of some off the field matters with schoolwork, and then Joe Tukuafu was reinstituted. You got Carter Weed up there. Who are the guys that are going to help you when BYU decides to go to a two tight end set? Yeah, so. I think Joe coming back, he's, he's just had this desire. I mean, he, he had to sit out for a year, and he's coming back. He's, he does great things. He can block really well, but he can also slip out and make plays in the pass game. Um, so you can expect to see him when we play, when we play Utah and just as the season goes on. Um, his role will probably build up more and more. But the same with Moroni. I mean, he, he's – a great athlete he just needs to make sure his knee is at full health and once that happens you'll see him playing a ton and I just hope we can find opportunities to have Moroni and myself out there and if we need a three tight end personnel let's get Joe out there too um but yeah I mean as as time goes on I think Carter will get 
um, you'll see him getting more of a role also. So uh, it's a uh, we've got a deep tight end group, and um, we should we should hopefully get our guys out there so we can make a whole lot of plays. How much did what happened against Utah in the final game of the regular season last year shape your preparation and the preparation of this team going into this year's season opener against Utah? Just knowing that we had we had the lead and kind of blew that that lead in the third and fourth quarter just it hurts and I think it just but at the same time when you lose games like that you you learn a lot of lessons that can help you in life but also for seasons to come just the importance of starting fast finishing out games um, guys that get injured just knowing having the depth to be prepared for next man up to go out and just play at a confident level um, so yeah I think just uh, this offseason has been one of the tougher ones where guys are just working really hard, busting their tails, uh, getting as good as they can be and as prepared as they can be so that we could have a successful camp. And I think we really we really did that. But it also kind of, you realize, okay, guys at Utah or guys at Tennessee, they're training just like we are. They're not taking days off or things like that. So just finding ways to do extra work um, so that we can kind of hopefully have that that edge up or that step up above, just knowing that we we worked really hard this summer and it just knowing that confidence that we have that we're going to be prepared to play a four four quarter battle. Um, I think we're ready for it. So that's that's what you need. I know that everybody, and when I say everybody, everybody that I've talked to on the BYU football team, yourself included, feels like this offense is going to be better. It's going to be faster and more productive. How will that manifest itself most strongly when we see the actual on the field product? Um, I mean, it'll it'll depend on what Utah's doing as a as a defense, but I don't know. I mean, we have we have the ability to run the ball and throw the ball. So it's if we have to run the ball a bunch and then sprinkle in some throws, we'll do it. But um, I think you'll expect us to be throwing the ball quite a bit, and hopefully that'll open up some some alleys just to make the run game even better and more explosive. So I think just knowing that we can attack it many in many different ways and that we're a versatile offense. Um, Whatever we have to do, we'll do and get it done. And um, guys are bought into the to the system, so it's gonna. Either way, I think our offense is gonna find ways to succeed. How does the prospect of you catching a lot more passes and being targeted more early in the season change how you approach this season? Um, I mean, I love catching the ball and I like making plays, so I'm excited. Uh, it's it's just fun to get out there and be able to, I don't know, gain the trust of the quarterbacks and. Um, just knowing that, okay, if a tight end is able to get open and they try to stop that, that's going to open up another player on our offense. It's going to open up a Levahifo or Talon or Gunner, Dax. I mean, we have a bunch of weapons. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm ready to go out there and do what, need, what I need to do. Um, I feel like I'm a better blocker. So if we're running the ball, I think I can do a fine job doing that too. So, I mean, it's uh, – but, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. When I say Utah game week, what goes through your mind? Excitement, uh, that we're prepared, that we're ready for a battle, no matter if it goes down to the last play. I mean, you mentioned right before this that it's a game of inches. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we're ready just to get it done. No matter what circumstances come out come at us throughout the game, we're, I think we're going to be uh, a, like – 
we're going to look like a more of a seasoned team. We're not going to be super nervous game one or um, hopefully not have the penalties that kind of come at a, at a game opener and things like that. So, yeah, just we're really excited. We're ready for a fight, and we want to win. How does the backstory of Utah being ranked number 14 and picked to win the Pac-12, and some people have Utah contending to get into the college football playoff, how do those things factor into BYU as a clear underdog and how you approach it mentally? Uh, I mean, we were talking with some of the guys. It just makes it even a, it's an even better story. If I mean, Wisconsin last year was ranked number five, I think, and we had a chance to ruin their season. That just it feels good. It's a it's, it's an awesome it's an awesome feeling. And when you're an underdog and you can. You don't feel like you're like we don't feel like we're underdogs. They might have a preseason ranking. We know they're pretty much the same team as they were last year. They have the same guys, but yeah, they have a lot of respect, and it's not a better feeling than to go down and take that take that hype away from them. So um, we're confident. We're not we're not worried or nervous. Um, we're a bunch of I don't know mid twenty year old guys just going out and battling. So. Old men. Old men. Both. They have older guys, too, so that's, that excuse isn't there either. So. I know your mom inspires you to hold on to that ball, and you don't want to deal with the repercussions if you drop a pass. So what's the message from Mama Bushman to Matt this week? Um, I mean, she's in town right now. She hasn't been as hard as me since I've been in college. Um, she's kind of lightened up, but uh, she's just excited. I think she's more anxious and ready to, ready to play than some of us players are. Um, so, yeah, she's just ready. Uh, we're just chomping out the bit, waiting to get these couple last practices out of the way so we can go out and play on Thursday. We'll finish with this. What do you expect the atmosphere to be like when you run out of the tunnel at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Thursday night? I think it'll be electric. I mean, I think we have a lot of excitement coming up to this, this season. Um, hopefully our fans are just as excited as we are. And, I mean, a rivalry game brings out the most energy in the stadium, so... I'm really excited. Our team's really excited, and we're ready to go out and play. Matt, it's great to talk to you. We're excited, too. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort is the rivalry game, a season-defining one for BYU in Week 1. SV Utility on Twitter says it has the possibility of becoming one, but that depends on how the team responds to it the next week, regardless of the outcome. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time, and one of our crew members wearing a red shirt. He's in the pile. Purge pile for Jeremiah Spencer. <laughs> Shout out to Levi Madrietta. New episode of After Further Review on the BYU TV app at 7 Eastern tonight. Go Cougs. Get rid of that red. Let the fire.